All right, welcome to Art Blog Radio. This is Jennifer Zarrow, and I'm standing here with Jesse Crimes, and we're in the Leonard Pearlstein Gallery at Drexel University. Um, Jesse, congratulations on your show. Thank you. Um, I want to talk to you about a couple of works in the show, but also am wondering about the title. I know you've probably told a lot of people about this already, but how did the title come about, and what does it mean? So the title, DSX Machina, um, basically refers to this literary device that was used to resolve an unresolvable plot. Mm. And I found that to have some specific kind of connotations within my practice and how I make work. So I wanted to use that as a loose kind of framework um, within my process and develop it, basically force myself and convert it into an aesthetic language mm -hmm. and use it as that kind of um, tool to guide my process in, in the creation of these works. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this show closes March 13th, did you say? Yes, it closes March 13th. Okay, great. Um, and there's a lot of work in the show. Some of it looks, you know, is large, has a lot of industrial components to it. How long were you working on the, the bo this body of work? So this entire body of work probably started roughly a year ago. Mm -hmm. And it, it started on a very kind of small scale. Um, which is kind of typical of my practice, where I begin by kind of collecting these disconnected, seemingly disconnected objects that just kind of connect to me on an intuitive level. And I'll begin collecting them and working on things, and through the process of altering some of the objects, they begin to form dialogues with some of the other objects and texts and images that I'm kind of sourcing as I'm going through my process. So I let, I let the works build meaning through that alteration. And I never really know where they're going. And I just pay very close attention to the kind of latent language that's invested in materials, mm -hmm. specifically regarding ideas of functionality and, and place and time. Yeah, um, one thing I noticed in the show is is really a focus on materials, and we're we're actually standing in front of this work. And you'll forgive me because you know the title, but I don't, so you'll tell us what it is. Um, but hanging from what appear to be meat hooks or some kind of industrial hook system, are the skins of race car tires. Um, and it, it it's sort of like a minimalist work of art or like a process based work of art. Um, so it has a real dramatic aesthetic to it, but I know that it relates to your grandmother's and grandfather's um, racing track. So, so how did this, how did these materials get into your vocabulary for this, this show? Um, yeah, so I think this work does draw on a lot of those elements mm -hmm. that you just brought up. Um, and again, they were something that I kind of come across in my everyday life. So my family races sprint cars in central PA. And every once in a while, I'll go out and watch, watch the races because that's kind of, that's what my family does. They're like diehard sprint car um, racers. My uncle races and my grandfather actually builds the engines for them. So, you know, this, this whole kind of system that's, that exists and that they, they race within is something that I don't think is Common, commonly known amongst most people. Most people don't know what sprint cars are. Mm -hmm. Like, 
in opposition to say NASCAR or something. So, you know, I found this whole process really interesting. And then these cars, they, they have these tires that are specially made for them. And for each race, depending on the, the kind of tackiness of the track, they will go through and, and hand groove uh, markings in the tire, which will give it more traction or less traction depending on the conditions of the track. And this was something that I actually helped in the process. So I would go through and hand groove some of the tires. And, you know, I found it really interesting, especially referring back to like Clement Greenberg and all of mm -hmm. these conversations around abstraction and the unique mark of the individual mm -hmm. artist. Well, I was going to say there's, there's a real bit of sculpture and mark making in this, this racing culture that um, I would never have thought of, you know, so it, it seems somehow like inherent even in your upbringing and the culture you came up in um, that you're thinking about mark making, but also thinking about it in relationship to the um, to the context, like what's happening on the track, what kind of marks do you need to make to get those tires to adhere or something. So it seems like this, I mean, like this um, goes way back for you, I guess. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I've always been very interested in materials yeah. and specifically interested in how materials function and kind of um, their meaning can change and alter depending yeah. on how we encounter them or depending how they're framed within these different structures. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the first things that really attracted me about the tires were the marks on them. Um, so, you know, having this kind of background and this interest, seeing the marks on the tires and then seeing them all piled up after the race, you know, a lot of the marks are worn off. So it, it has mm -hmm. this whole trace of time and speed these cars go 200 miles around the racetrack, and it's like this high-speed stasis. You know, they're racing around this track as fast as possible, yet they're going nowhere. And that's kind of referenced in the cylindrical forms of the tires as well. And when I began cutting off the, the cylindrical walls that keep these tires in that form, the, the rubber has this kind of internal memory, and it kind of folded in upon itself and I found that really interesting, this, this, just the simple process of kind of cutting this tire and releasing, releasing it from this form that's confining it into this shape, it, it has, it like goes back to this thing that was, was natural for it. So, you know, after cutting one side off, I would cut the other side off and then split the tire at one point, so they became these kind of flat skins of time, basically, mm -hmm. a, a flattening of the cylindrical form. And they got these really kind of organic curves, and they have um, this dirt trace from the track, so all of these references of, of their original function, mm -hmm. yet it's radically altered. Um, so that's why, after I cut them, that's why I decided to use meat hooks to hang them, because they were like these skins. Mm -hmm. and. Um, I just kind of paired them all together and made this very large piece that touches on a, light, a lot of ideas of minimalism and abstraction and, and process. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I mean, it seems so, so kind of loaded and personal and open to um, allowing the process to kind of suggest something to you that maybe you, don't, you can't anticipate before you, you work with the material. Um, and it does really have the sense of skin, like there's something, like something's been flayed and left yeah. to hang or left to dry somewhere. 
Yeah, and it, I think a, a lot of my works come from a very personal place. So there's a lot of kind of autobiographical elements that come into the work. And I think a, a lot of that develops through just trusting myself and, and letting, listening to my kind of intuition um, when I first come across these objects. And then through the process of their transformation as they're building meaning, I'm also kind of using them as tools of self-discovery and self-education. And the works are very metaphorically kind of connected to um, my experience and my, my past history. And, you know, I, I think that's really interesting. I think it adds, it adds a whole new layer to the work um, rather than staying within this kind of formal conversation it, it brings in these other kind of socio-political mm -hmm. elements that are really important to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this idea of transformation is another thing I noticed in this exhibition. So like we're looking at the tires that have been taken off the, the wheels of the race cars. And then there's also um, like living things that have been transformed, a beehive that is now kind of dried out and hanging. And, um, and my favorite piece, which is uh, a grape, a dried up grape that's been painted gold. Um, so, so something like that, how do you, how did you find that grape? You know, how does that process happen for you? So that was a completely chance encounter where I was in the studio working on um, Epilogue in White, which is kind of the, the antithesis of this um, on the front of the structure. And while I was doing, while I was priming these very large kind of paintings, um, I had this large vat of primer there and I was eating grapes mm -hmm. and one of them <laughs> fell into the vat of primer. So it was this complete um, element of chance. And when I pulled the, the grape out of the primer, it was again altered through this chance element. And I found it really beautiful, this just formally. So I put it in these tweezers to let it drip and dry and I really wanted to see how it would kind of alter and change over time um, whether it would entropy or you know what would happen to it mm -hmm. so it was just one it was one of the first pieces that kind of began the dialogue for a lot of the other works in the show and you see it referenced in like the large beehive structure and then um, in the final piece where I appropriate the entire building of the gallery, um, the birdcage um, references that original form, but on a much larger scale. Yeah, I was wondering about this um, final piece, which we're also kind of standing right next to it, along with um, a very large school group that just walked into the gallery, which is pretty exciting. <laughs> um, this is Jesse Crimes, the artist here. So, um, so Jesse has a lot of fans in the gallery today. Um, but, and maybe this could be the last piece we talk about. I think, um, you know, moving from that tiny grape that's held up for scrutiny, sort of thinking about what becomes of it after it, you know, you found this sort of chance moment. Um, this piece, and again, you'll have to tell us the title of it, but this seems um, something that, um, I don't know, it's sort of so massive. It's taking up such a large part of the gallery. I see PVC pipe and copper piping and, um, uh, the kind of piping that you would use to outfit the plumbing of a building. So how does this, how do you go from that tiny grape to this sort of larger installation with, um, with I guess we could call it like really industrial or domestic or building materials? Yeah, 
you know, I think a lot of, again, a lot of my materials come from kind of everyday encounters. Um, so I like to keep my process, one, as cheap as I possibly can. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, but also, you know, these, these, pipe, these piping systems came from where I was living previously. So I was in an apartment and I would go down to the basement to do laundry and these pipes were just so intricate and running um, underneath the floorboards of the entire building. And they're really these things that make the building function. It's this entire mm -hmm. system mm -hmm. that is hidden but is so integral to the functioning of, of what we you know, live within. Yeah. So I found that really interesting. Um, but again, the, the, ex the whole exhibition um, kind of began with, with these smaller elements, mm -hmm, with mm -hmm. things like the grape and the tweezers. Um, and the, the way that I typically work is, is I'll find those small elements and then they will kind of build upon themselves and become much more complex as I go into these like massive um, installations. So I wanted to really set up the gallery in a sense um, and, and use the structure of the gallery itself to really shift scale um, in terms of that process. And the thing that's really interesting about this space in particular is that the gallery walls are movable. So I was able to kind of set the gallery walls in, a, in such a way that it would kind of choreograph how the viewer enters into the space and how they encounter the works mm -hmm. and then move through the space. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you, you come into the gallery as an external viewer looking at this object that's very kind of small and intimate. And these objects are very specifically placed. They're using the structure of the building in very specific ways. And as you move through the gallery, they begin to kind of disconnect from the structure in um, non-conventional ways that aren't very traditional ways of viewing art. Mm -hmm. And it, they're just like very subtle kind of hints and moments that lead up to this um, kind of all immersive installation at the end of the gallery, which is basically taking all of these piping systems and tubing systems and appropriating the entire building and playing off the exposed conduit mm -hmm. and um, like fire systems and security systems and surveillance cameras. All of these things that existed earlier on in the exhibition now become visible because mm -hmm. they become incorporated into an actual piece. So the, the, the where, where these pipes actually come out of is the central office. So uh -huh. back behind this wall is where pipes like this would typically be located mm -hmm. and it's almost like this kind of hidden central nervous system that makes that allows the whole gallery to function and allows viewers to come in and encounter objects mm -hmm. um, but I really wanted to kind of destabilize the way that people view objects and really play off of the space to make viewers aware of the space that they're operating within and viewing these objects. Mm -hmm. So there are elements of like um, fire sprinkler <laughs> systems and all of these other kind of heating and cooling systems that are in the piping structure. So again, the, the ways that the walls are situated, now you ha after viewing this piece, you have to move and transition back through the gallery to exit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So my intention was to very kind of dramatically shift scale, but also 
draw attention to these other systems that were pre-existing mm -hmm. that typically get overlooked right. um, when you first enter because so much um, kind of so much of our attention gets paid to these objects on the wall and not the things that surround them. Mm -hmm. So it was just a way to kind of shift perspective through the use of scale and, and um, all of these other materials. Yeah, it's actually a really, um, when I first saw this, I noticed that same thing. Like I looked up at the ceiling and realized that the gallery already has within it many of the materials that you're using in this piece, but I hadn't noticed them before. You know, I think you're, I think it really worked in that way. And it's a very, it's kind of a beautiful moment to, to have a, a new realization that you didn't have before, you know, which is yeah. such a great thing about um, art. The other, the other thing I love in this piece is almost a surreal element. I don't know if you're willing to explain it to us, but there's, it appears to me like spray foam that's been painted gold and, and kind of dripping down from the ceiling. What, what is that part <laughs> of this piece? So, or is it part of this piece? Is yeah. it part of this installation? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so again, as as the pieces kind of build meaning um, through these smaller mm -hmm. objects and they get larger as they come through, this final installation incorporates pretty much all of the formal elements that exist within the other piece. So I really wanted to make it this kind of continual thing that builds into this massive immersive installation. So. I was using spray foam on the birdhouse, which you encounter right before turning the corner. And I put this kind of copper piping system on it with these tubes coming out, with these little black kind of asphalt cylindrical forms, which then lead into the tires, but on a much larger scale with spray foam inside of it, but depicting this kind of viscous oil with these used engine parts in them. And as you go into the appropriation of the building, then I'm pulling in a lot of these elements. So the, the piece in the birdcage is actually the oil tank for the sprint car. Uh -huh. um, and the spray foam drips are referencing the same kind of gold drips and solder drips that I painted gold on the birdhouse, mm -hmm. but they're much on, on a much smaller scale. Mm -hmm. So the, the whole installation and the whole exhibition is is really about getting people to kind of slow down and pay attention um, to the subtleties and the things that exist and are going on on a very kind of um, kind of intimate scale in a sense mm -hmm. and basically just rad radically kind of altering individuals perspective once they encounter them. Mm -hmm. So what's the title of this piece, this final installation? So this is Stage Engine. Stage Engine. All right. Well, we'll have pictures of all of these on the art blog. And um, Jesse, thanks for giving us this walkthrough. It's really incredible. Yeah. Thank you.